0: Today, and uh, third Sunday of this, this month, uh, which is going to be Christmas Sunday, uh, he's going to speak for us, so, uh, and next week we have Pastor Samuel, is going to come again and speak for us too, so I'm having a great uh, month, so let's welcome uh, our seminarian, Pastor Yijin. Yeah, so today's sermon title is titled The Talents, and it's going to be about the parable of the talents. But before I start, um, yeah, as you guys know, I'm taking a break um, from seminary. But originally, actually, I was, for my field education, I was supposed to be preaching this Sunday as well. And I pre recorded it. And I think, according to the, the Presbyterian lectionary, it was on Mark chapter 1, and it was talking about John and him preparing the way. So just a fun fact, I'm, you're going to hear my sermon here, and someone in Pennsylvania is going to hear my sermon as well today. So I'm going to be preaching at two different places at once. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just a fun little fact. And so I'm going to start off with the reading of the scripture. And since my eyes are bad, I cannot read that screen, so I'm going to read it from my phone. So I was afraid, I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not stoned and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers at my own coming. I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who who has will more be given and he will have an abundance." But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Sorry, I have some allergies going on. So you might hear me uh, like stuffing my nose a couple of times here and there. So yeah, um, this this... This parable. When I was first thinking about this parable, it took me back to our very first. Um, what was it? Our very first retreat, and I forget the pastor who came with us. His name, but he was a very good guy. And huh? Was it Joe? Okay, yeah. We'll say it's Joe, <laughs> Pastor Joe. I'm not sure because I'm really bad with names. And pastor Joe also preached about this. Um, about this parable and. I really liked what he had to say about this parable and how it was about stewardship and it really resonated with me, and it still resonates with me to as I was uh, preparing for the sermon and, and i was as I was preparing for the sermon, it was kind of hard not to um like take his ideas and formulate more on it, but I tried to not i try to act like I didn't hear hear a sermon, and I just prepared it but yeah, so here's I have five points today, and it's going to be a quick little sermon because at the Presbyterian Church that I'm, I'm preaching at, it's usually the max they want you to preach is 10 minutes, and they, they kind of get angry if you preach more than that. So, yeah, so I'm like in this mode where it's like 10 minutes or less, but I'm, I promise you it's going to be more than 10 minutes unless you guys want it to be shorter. <laughs> but, yeah, here. So the first, first, for the first point is titled, First, the Parable Teaches Us, that success is a product of our work. And I don't have the points on here. I'm just going to read them to you. So this, this parable is not about works of righteousness, but I do believe that God or Jesus still appreciates us doing our work, us doing work. And I think our original design as people was to do work. As you see in the, in the book of Genesis, God placed Adam in the garden and he told them to take care of the field and to watch over it. So... Adam, as the original man, he was put into the garden to do work and to watch over the garden. So our original design as people was to be productive and to do works. So, yeah, we were made to work. And as Christians, we have a mission that our Lord or Jesus expects us to accomplish in this earth, on this earth here and now. And one sad thing is that a lot of uh, Christians kind of take this faith as almost a free meal ticket or, or a ticket uh, to safety. They think, oh, if I just believe in God, you know, this is my assurance that I'm going to be able to go to heaven and I won't go to hell. And they kind of just live this life on earth where they're not really practicing the faith, but they say they believe in Jesus. And it, it leads to a lot of Christians kind of, I don't want to say making us, I don't want to say making real Christians look bad, but they kind of give Christians this bad reputation as hypocrites who just say, I believe in Jesus, but I just act like any old person. And I think this this parable really teaches us that God expects us to do work and to to do works as Christians. And um, I love when other Christians or some Christians that I know that I talk to talk about faith, 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 they say, faith is all you need. You don't need to do works because you can't do, you can't do works to make God love you more, or you can't do works to save yourself. Well, yeah, I believe that's very true, and you can't do works to save yourself. You can't do works to make God love you more because those are all things that are given to you. You cannot earn those things. But I do believe that you do need to do some sort of work to, I don't want to say to prove that you're a Christian, but I believe that as a good Christian or as a person who follows Jesus, Naturally, you'll just start doing good works. And I kind of think back onto um, the passage in James where it says faith without works is a dead faith. And I believe that's completely true. And a lot of Christians kind of uh, make this this almost a cheap religion where they just say, I believe, I believe, but they don't do any works. And I think uh, they take Paul's teachings and kind of, misunderstand or even perverse what Paul was teaching because I do believe Paul just didn't believe that it was just faith. I do believe that Paul also believed that works was necessary to go along with this, um, to this faith in Jesus Christ. So I believe that we are, we are made to work and we are supposed to use our talents to glorify God. And what I really like about this parable is that you can kind of take the word talent and just switch it around and put in, a different thing you could say skills you can say your money you can say your time and these are all things that god gave us and he wants he wants us to use those things to further his kingdom to spread the word of jesus to just show his love to everyone in, on this on this world on this earth and we know that biblical success is working diligently and using our talents to for god and for the kingdom of god So God has given us a means to produce this talent, and he wants us to return return those things back to God, to offer it back to God, and to use it for God. So my point number two is that the parable of the talent teaches us that God always gives us everything we need to do what he has called us to do. So have you ever wondered what a talent is worth in today's today's dollars or today's uh, equivalent? Uh, We don't really know for sure, but... There are some estimates that a talent might be a million dollars in today's, uh, today's money. And that's a lot of money. And when I think of uh, the word talent, I always go back to um, King Solomon. And for some strange reason, he gets 666 talents of gold a year, something like that. So that must have meant that he got 666 million dollars every single year from, I don't know if it was from taxes or, or from something, but he received those talents. And whenever I think of talents, it always brings me back to Solomon. But that's kind of just going off on a tangent there, but anyway, a talent is worth a large sum of money. So, you know, when we read this story of the, the parable of the talents, sometimes we kind of feel sorry for the one, one, one servant who received just that one talent. And we're like, oh, he only got one talent. But if you really think about it, he got $1 million, right? That's plenty, that's more than enough for just one person. So it's not like this person was uh, skimped or given less. He was actually given a lot of money, or, or, yeah, a lot of money. So, yeah, basically he was given more than enough to meet the master's expectation of possibly getting him some more money or returning on those investments. And, you know, just as the master expected his servants to do more than passively preserve what he has been entrusted to them, um, God expects us to generate a return by using our talents um, towards the productive ends to to really showcase the, the talents that Jesus gave us. He wants us to put that on display and to really just show the people that God gave us this talent, and you want to show that this is something that God gave us and that you also want to share with this world as well. So the servant was given enough to produce, produce more. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So this, this, this passage is by Paul. and It's in Ephesians 2.10. And it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And as I mentioned before, some people who kind of pervert Paul's teaching and say it's all about faith, they conveniently leave out this verse where, where it definitely says it is to do good works as well. So we seldom associate with this, with this verse with our work, but it clearly states that we should. And point number three is a point that some people might not like, but it's the, it's the very truth, and I'm sorry about that, but the parable of the talents Jesus teaches us that we are all not created equal. So I think the most overlooked part of this parable is the second half of the verse. In verse 15, it says, the master gives us to each servant's talents, each according to his ability. So the master understood that the the one-talent servant was not capable of producing as much as the five-talent servant. He knew that he couldn't handle more than the one talent that he gave him or the master gave him. So, you know, we want to protest this is unfair, but we know, just living on this earth and just looking around, we know that other people, I don't want to say are better than us, but they have inherently more talent than us, and you can't, you know, you can't really deny that. And I think that's the beauty of creation as well, because there's diversity everywhere, different levels of talent, different levels of uh, ability, and just spread across. But that doesn't mean that we weren't all created equal in the eyes of the Lord. It just means that God gave each and every one of us a different... Level of ability, a different level of skill, and yeah, it comes—it comes from the fact that even though this parable, there was different amounts of money given to each ta- each uh, each servant. At the end of the day, it was the same amount of work they ha- they had to do, which was to, oh sorry, which was to produce the the return on that talent. So the five five talent person had to return five talents. Two person two-talent person only had to return two talents, and the one-talent person only had to return one talent back. So at the end of the day, it was still the same amount of work, even though there was a different level of ability and skills. And, you know, we all know other people that you that you kind of look up to and say, oh, that person is way better than me at this. But, at the, but you might be better at something else, or you might have another skill that you're... And that person might look at you and be like, oh, I wish I was like that person and that, or have that ability of that person. So, yeah, even though we do all have different levels of skills, it doesn't mean that we're not equal. We are still equal under the kingdom of God. We're still equal as children of, of God. And God loves us the same. It doesn't matter if we have, if we're a better speaker or we're a better teacher, we get better grades. At the end of the day, God still loves us just the same. So the fourth point is the parable of talent teaches us that we worked for the master and not for our own selfish purpose. So we know that the talent given to each of those servants was not the servants' money, but it was God giving them—not God—it was the master giving them this money or this uh, or this talent to those servants. And the money that they earned with this capital is not for them to keep, but it is for them to return back to that, or to return back to the master. And if we kind of take this back to us as Christians, God doesn't just give us these talents or or abilities or time or money, not for just our own selfish purpose. We might think it's ours and that we earned it, but really God gave us either the right connections for you to to, to make make what you have. um, God gave you health to be able to do what you have. At the end of the day, God is the reason that you have anything and all those things. So as, the, as my fourth point, it says the parable teaches us that we work for the master and not for our own selfish purpose. It means that we need to take our talents or we need to take our time, we need to take our money, and we need to give it back to the Lord. We need to offer it back to the Lord and to not just keep it selfishly for ourselves. But I also want to say it doesn't mean to sell everything that you have doesn't mean to donate every single thing that you have to to charities or to the poor. Because I don't believe God wants you to do that either. Because if you do that, what are you going to do? What are you going to say to your, you know? Say if you have kids and you give all your money away, what are you going to say to your kids? Sorry, I gave everything away for the poor. I mean, I gave everything away to the poor. I think that just means either you're, you're wacky or you're just a bad parent. But Yeah. And my last point is that the parable of talents shows that we will be held accountable. So God gave us all these abilities. God gave us all these talents. And if we don't use it to either further the kingdom of God or to showcase the love of God, and if we selfishly keep it to ourselves, you know, we will be held accountable. And we see in this parable that the last servant is thrown out and his talent is taken away. And it says, uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth, so this servant, he was taken away. He was, he was held accountable for his laziness. And I think that us as Christians today, we're so comfortable not doing anything. We're just so comfortable just sitting on our seats and um, kind of saying that, oh, you know, prayer is enough. We'll just sit back and we'll just, we'll just pray and, you know, really not do anything. I'm not saying praying is not doing anything. But I think there are more things that you can do than simply just pray. And... At the end of the day, when when we're just armchair Christians or we just sit back and really do nothing, I think we will be held accountable, and I think God is God is going to hold us accountable for doing that. And as tough as that sounds, it might be because maybe you feel like you are you're you're one of the people that's just sitting back and really not doing anything. I think, if anything, I think this this parable should teach us that we need to put our talents to good use. We need to put our abilities. We need to put our time. We need to put our money to further the kingdom of God. And we cannot just sit back. And so while this, this parable is not, you know, is not about works righteousness or is not about salvation, it is about how we use our works to fulfill our earthly capability. And so it's really, just as Pastor Joe said, it is really about stewardship at the end of the day. It's about how we steward our our abilities. It's about how we steward our money. It's about how we steward our time to do the duties that God has for us on this earth. So that's my sermon. And so let's close in prayer. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this blessed Sunday, Lord. We feel your presence. And um, thank you for just forgiving us the ability to Project this sermon on on the web, giving us the ability to use technology. Um, The church back at um, where I serve, they don't even have the ability to do live live worship. So this is such a blessing to be able to do live worship, Lord. Um, Thank you for everything, Lord. We pray for all those people who are dealing with COVID, who are dealing with hardships, Lord. Just pray that you just watch over them. And we pray all these things in your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.